Good evening and welcome to another edition of Harmonics. I am Gregory Korea and I have a very, very interesting guest tonight, Chuck Marble. Hello, Gregory. How are you? It's a pleasure, Chuck. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. One of the bad, bad rock and rollers of our time, right here in our studio, Harmonics. Chuck, man, let's just get right into your life. All right. Is that okay? Sure. Hey, um, what were some of your biggest influences when you were growing up getting into music? Funny you would ask that. I would say probably my biggest influence was the Beatles. I got a transistor radio from my grandparents when I was five years old. Mm -hmm. I was raised by my grandparents, uh, Walt and Virginia Moyle, and uh, I don't think I would be the person I am today without them. They backed me in everything I was interested in. By the time I was 10, I had a keyboard, I had a guitar, I had a flute, I had a number of instruments, and a clarinet. I was playing B-flat clarinet at first. You know, you talked about the Beatles. The Beatles influenced millions and millions of young kids as ourselves, and then they influenced an entire generation of people about love. I know it's kind of hard, but what would be your favorite Beatle song? Oh, I, I couldn't name a favorite Beatle mm -hmm. song. I really couldn't, but I could name a favorite album. I love the White Album. The White Album. Mm -hmm. Rocky Raccoon back in the USSR. Wow, number, nine. Number, number nine. number nine. Number nine. Yes. You know, um, I know you love rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So tell me about your early performances because I know you do a lot of things on 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 Facebook. But tell me about your early performances and how you really got into live performances. Um, gotcha. Well, um, I moved to Livermore when I was uh, 15 years old, and I was playing lead guitar back then, uh, just learning how to play. I wasn't very good, but I was having a lot of fun. And in Livermore, as a teenager, that was more important. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started hooking up with some musicians, and I hooked up with a drummer named Greg and a bassist named Rick. And we played a number of years together, and we played everything from parking lots and backyards and barns and just had a jolly good time with it. And I ran across a rival band called Scarlet Sun, and they were playing in the same large outdoor party. I recorded them. I thought I'd make a good fit in that band. I added myself to the recording, gave it to them, and I said, this is what we'd sound like if I was in your band. Well, you were already like a producer and everything already, weren't you, man? <laughs> yeah, and that formed the Us Band, which became probably my most successful original band today. Tell me about Us. Us was an excellent band. We rehearsed two years together before we performed. And when we did, we ended up becoming one of the more sought-after local bands in the area. We played all the major clubs, we headlined, and we got to open for some major-name acts. We appeared with Journey and Motley Crue, Joe Perry from Aerosmith, Black Oak, Arkansas. It was a really fun run. So you actually uh, appeared with, that's ironic that you talked about Joe Perry. I just finished reading his autobiography, Rock. 
How was the Joe Perry project? That was in the early, probably the first edition, right? Yes, it yeah. was. Let the music do the talking tour. Yes. Yeah, they were a great band. So you were at Keystone when you opened up? That for was them? it. Keystone Berkeley I was seen my you. home club. Yeah, wow. wow. Yeah. That you know, that's that's really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you you're in so many different uh, genres of music, and you're listening all the time. What's your favorite rock and roll movie? I know that you're in a movie buff and... I love movies, I really do, and I love rock, but I would have to say, you know, this may sound ironic, but I think that the movie that best covered rock and roll, the whole feeling, what it means to be in a rock band, attitude, origins, was a comedy called School of Rock with Jack Black. Jack Black. Mm -hmm. Jack Black. You just, now you opened up another thing. Now you know that Jack Black, when they inducted... Um, when the Kennedy Center honored, it was Zeppelin, and Jack Black did the whole intro for Zeppelin. What a, mm -hmm. what an interesting boy. We're covering great ground. We are going we're, all you know, over. Yeah, it's great. Let me ask you: When you are um, performing, you are really one of the most energetic performers I ever seen. What gets you on that level before you go on ten minutes or a half hour before? What gets you? I call it marbleized, man, because Chuck <laughs> is such a great, you know, performer. So what what makes what gives you that energy, Chuck? I love being in front of people. I love feeling the energy from the audience, and the more that they give, the more they get back. Mm -hmm. If I've got a good audience, and I mean, even if it's a small group, if they've got the energy and the enthusiasm, they're going to get the teeth behind the back, over mm -hmm. the head, all the craziness on mm -hmm. the knees. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just love performing for mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. but. Uh, I don't know how else to, to put it. It's it's the it's, it's that yeah. live interaction with the audience that really makes me come alive. But on those rare nights where I'm just not feeling it, I always remember a quote from a friend of mine that uh, they'd said a few years ago, and they had said, "Chuck always brings it with that big Broadway smile." And whenever I'm not feeling it, I remember that quote, and it just gets me going. Who was that from? That was a gentleman named Gregory Correa. <laughs> wow, Chuck, we do have a lot of history. Let me ask you, what are some of your instruments, what is your instruments that you like to play on? Give me some, tell me some of your setup. Let's, let's first talk about the setup, then we'll go into your guitars. Tell me your setup, your normal setup. I, well, I love electronics, and yes. for throughout the 70s and 80s, I was one of the few players in the area that was using extensive synthesizers, sequencers, and uh, electronic devices, along with my lead guitar. Mm -hmm. Now I've got it set up to where my guitars all have Roland GK2A pickups in them, so I can drive any of my keyboards and synthesizers off of my guitar. It's basically Robert Fripp's setup from King Crimson, Crazy. and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Right. I can sound like a violin or a cello or a nuclear explosion or a jet aircraft coming off my guitar. Wow. So when, when you're, that's your setup. Mm -hmm. What's your pedals? I am using one pedal only. I like to keep it simple these days. In the old days, I had like 15 pedals all interconnected and batteries, and it was, it was a mess to deal with. So I'm using Digitech processors now, and I'm using the GNX4, mm -hmm. which gives me everything I need. Little studio right there at my feet. Right at your feet. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your guitars. I know you're, you're a great fan of and a collector of guitars. Yes, I am. Uh, let's go to your oldest and then your favorite? I'm generally a Fender Stratocaster guy. That's uh, what I fell in love with. Uh, I saw a television show when I was 11 years old on KQED, Channel 9 in the Bay Area. Some band I'd never heard of and they were amazing and they were called Pink Floyd. 
and I saw this <laughs> guitar, and it was the neatest looking guitar with this three pickup with an angle on it. I'm yeah. like, I gotta go to Allegro Music and see what the heck that is. I found mm. out it was called a Fender Stratocaster, then I found out it cost $2,000, and I said, I don't think I'll be getting one of those in the near future. <laughs> so these days, I'm really partial to Fernandez. Mm. I really love them. They're solid, well-made instruments, and I love their sustainer circuitry. Mm. It allows you to hit a note, and you can like go have a sandwich, ah, come back, it's still ah. So it's just amazing. <laughs> so your your setup is Fernandez, uh, your guitar. What what kind of strings in the, the gauge? What is the gauge that you use when you're playing? I like to use ten gauge because if it gives me a little more sustain. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was younger, I used nines because mm -hmm. they were easier to bend. Right. But the tens really sound much better. And these days, I'm actually using Doctor Neon. Uh, they're fluorescent strings, so uh -huh. they look really cool. So my red guitar has red strings, my green guitar has green strings. Serious. Serious, so does my I, bass player. I like that, mm -hmm. I like that. So that, yeah, well, you know, let's talk about that. Mr. Marble, you have an announcement to make, and it's kind of nice that you're actually making it on my show. Tell me about what's going on right now. Gotcha. Okay. I'm in two bands at the moment. Okay. One of them is a fun covers band from the Central Valley called Shattered Glass, and we're kind of like a rock and roll circus. We are just crazy, just tons of fun. We wear wigs and do costume changes and have guests come up. And then I've put together a very serious band, one that's been a vision of mine for a number of years, and I've spent almost a year putting this together, mm -hmm. and I'm really happy with the lineup. We had a contest on Facebook to try and name the band. We had over 500 suggestions. Every one of them that was good when we ran the legal search, they've already been used, couldn't be trademarked. So we went through a thousand names, finally picked the name, and we are ready to announce it. And the band is Sextant. Sextant is a scientific instrument, not sex, don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> and it's an instrument that's been used for navigation for hundreds and hundreds of years. Some of the greatest discoveries on Earth have been made using sextants. They mm -hmm. use the stars to navigate. So are, is that a part of the logo, maybe? or No, but I do like the logo. The logo is a play off of uh, Spinal Tap. That's why I've got the umlaut over okay. the end. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. So you have, so you're set up, and you're going to be performing rather soon. Yes. And so you're going to be performing throughout uh, the Bay Area, Northern mm -hmm. California, wherever you, you know, when you wherever get your Wherever it show. takes us. That's right. That's right. So what kind of music are you actually doing, the band? Modern, melodic, hard rock. The kind of music that I just plain love. Mm -hmm. um, if I were to try to give an example, kind of things like Nickelback, um, uh, Linkin Park, Corn, uh, mm -hmm. uh, really progressive but still Melodic. danceable and something you can groove to. Mm -hmm. So you guys are writing your own material? We're working on original material. We're going to be a hybrid band. We're going to do covers that you know, and we're going to do originals that you don't know, but mm -hmm. you will know. There you go. Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you're writing, and I know you write, yes. what inspires you to write music, or better yet, let's, let's be a little more general. What does rock and roll mean to Chuck Marble? To me, rock and roll means fun. I have just loved rock all my life. I've had some of the best times in my life either watching rock and roll or performing rock and roll or listening to rock and roll. And so rock and roll to me always means fun. But I've also enjoyed that rock and roll has often had a lot of messages to it. Mm -hmm. And I love that too. So mm -hmm. um, we're playing one protest song right now. And I love protest songs. So. Me too. Yeah, so uh, we'll Street probably be writing man, some. You know, yes. you know Revolution. Man, yeah. you got it. Um, you know, Chuck, growing up, 
in the music scene. Mm -hmm. Who are some of your early influences as a guitar player? And I know you named a few people, Pink Floyd, et cetera. Who was like, name me a couple guitar players that actually uh, influenced your, your, your own style. No question about it. Jimi Hendrix, David Gilmore, Richie Blackmore, and is there anyone else I'd like? Jimmy Page, I would Page. say. And, of course, Robert Fripp, the king of technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what? You, you know, you're really into uh, the technology thing uh, with blending the music. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna challenge, challenge that a little bit, and then uh, channel that into. You are really into science. Yes, I am. What? Let's talk about the, your affiliation with different groups mm -hmm. of people. Tell me all about that historical thing that incorporates in your music also. I've, I've just loved science and technology all my life. NASA and I were born the same year. In fact, we were born three months apart. So I followed NASA all of my life. And to my surprise, about 15 years ago, they approached me and asked me if I'd like to be an ambassador, a public relations ambassador for NASA. What a great move. And I did that for eight years. It was a non-paid position, but I got to travel to their facilities, got to tour privately through the Kennedy Space Center, the Johnson Space Center, and my favorite, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. And I've done hundreds of public presentations on space science over the years, and rocketry and astronomy. Just love it. You know, talking about that, so, you were talking about, that's interesting, your name of your band is about navigation, navigating through, you know, through our clubs or nightclubs that we do. Um, are you guys going to, you know, you, since it's a new band, and tell me who's in the band. Give, oh. give me a background of the, the, the players that are in the band. We have a great lead singer named Chris Michaels, one of great the best singer. singers I have fun. ever come across, and he's a good businessman too, which is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And we have a drummer that has uh, been around the Livermore area for quite a while in bands like Slack and Loader and Big Red Beaver. His name is John Holm, very good drummer, very serious about his craft. Mm -hmm. And we have a bass player named Channing Heath that is just a fun guy. And that guy, you'll see him anywhere and everywhere there's music, there's Channing. There it is, that yes. is, Channing is a, um, he has a, a light about him. Uh, he is in many ways, well, he he's significant on our local scene. He is. He, is, know, a, he is definitely. He is, a, he is a presence. He is a presence. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you incorporate your technology into the show or your how you guys are writing and, right. you know, going into your... You know, the hybrid, how do you guys, how are you guys in, incorporating all of this? Well, for the first time in, well, 15, 20 years, I'm playing keyboards again. I'm still our lead guitarist, but I now have a keyboard set up on stage, and we're going to start integrating uh, synthesizers into our music, too. So there's going to be electronic edge to what we're doing. It's still mm -hmm. going to be good driving hard rock, mm -hmm. but I want it to be far more electronic than anybody's doing these days. It seems to me like rock really pushed synthesizers in the early days, late 60s, 70s. Right. Emerson, Lake now, and Palmer. Yeah, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Mm -hmm. But these days, uh, the only real modern use of synthesizers I hear is in electronic dance music. So I want to start merging the Skrillex sound with the hard We're rock sound. We're bringing it back yeah. in many ways. Yeah. So when, are, is that is actually going to be a feature in the band? I mean, are you going to have like an intro, outro? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yes. Wow. yes, oh, yes. yes, yes. So I like what you said earlier in the interview about maybe a jet propulsion or an explosion of some sort mm -hmm. you can incorporate. So, so Chuck, when you're, when you're doing that, you're, you're going to still have your guitar on you, the Strat, mm -hmm. or are you going to actually back away, back and forth? Or no, the guitar stays on, reach and touch the keyboard when I need to, and again, I can drive my synthesizers off my guitar so I don't even have to touch them. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a few words about Chuck. Chuck also is not only is he a great guitar player, great musician, great human being, but in his own right, he has his own production company, and he actually produced a Blue Voodoo show uh, one night. Are you going to bring all this, that, that goodies that you, the lights and the smoke, this is a, the lasers, or are you going to do a little different? This our time? debut show is only a one-hour feature performance, okay. so what we're going to do is give them half. So I'm bringing half of the lasers, the lights, the UVs, mm -hmm. the fog, and everything, so mm -hmm. that when we do our first headline show, mm -hmm. then we can pull out all the stops. Okay. But I love a rock show. Of I course. just love a rock show. Mm -hmm. Performance is important, music is important, but to me, so are the effects and the presentation. Mm -hmm. I recently saw Alice Cooper again, for probably the 12th time, and I don't think anybody is doing a better job right now of having great music, great stage show, great production, flawless execution than Alice Cooper. I, I, I am 100% in agreement with that because Alice really brought a theater to the forefront. Yes, he did. Uh, he is totally, uh, and plus he's an avid golfer. But, <laughs> you know, he is, I, I have some friends that, that have gone to his concert just recently, and one of my good friends um, caught the cane when he threw it out on the awesome. stage. Yeah, awesome. and he just loves Alice. So Alice is definitely... Uh, in advance. You're not doing anything of that kind of theatrical. Way. No, no, and I'm hoping to eventually get to the point where we will be able to do a show that includes dancers and includes costumes mm -hmm. and includes sets, etc. But we're not at that point yet. Mm -hmm. But if we do, it won't be in the macabre. It will mm -hmm. be more in the science and science fiction genre. Right. Let's talk about, you know, your science and about, we talked earlier before we got on the set, Tell me about somebody who just passed in Leonard Star Trek. Leonard Nimoy, yes. yes. It was a very sad event for millions and worldwide, yes. millions and millions. Tell me what Leonard meant to you, uh, Star Trek, like it meant to all of us when we were young, but what it meant to you, because I know that uh, that touched you a little bit. It was, yeah. Um, Leonard Nimoy, in my opinion, has influenced so many people. He had such a rich life, and I know for a fact through my connections with NASA that many of NASA's most successful people would never have even gotten into space science if it not had been for Star Trek and Leonard Nimoy. So what a testimony to the guy. Yep, Star Trek was a huge influence on me as a child. I grew up watching it in first run when the episodes were brand new. And it was such a huge influence to me, everything from the way I think, my vocabulary. It all came from Star Just Trek. Right. Yeah, I could see you in a Star Trek episode if there ever would. Well, there'd have to be a completely something, <laughs> something different. You know, um, when we first met was about three years ago. Uh, we became pals on the scene. Tell me, um, what does your wife think about all this crazy <laughs> goodness that you do every night? And being that you're such a high-energy fellow, tell me what does she think of all of what you do. She's very supportive. In fact, I met her at one of my performances. So, I mean, you can't go wrong there. That's true. And I gave up music after having 21 bands. When my last band broke up in 2001, I said, that's it. Mm -hmm. I've had it. Mm -hmm. And about three or four years later, my wife's like, you know, maybe you might want to think about getting back into the music because mm -hmm. I think you're missing it in your life. Mm -hmm. She was right. Were you grouchy at all or were you just... Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, me grouchy? Probably not. Yes. <laughs> so what other musics, besides just listening to what you named a few, what other musics is Chuck, how do you relax, Chuck? When you, how do you actually decompress? After, you know how after a show you're actually so wound yes. up. Yes. 
takes really hours to mm -hmm. come down. It does. People, it, and that's one of the things people don't understand. Mm -hmm. There's no difference from a professional to where we're all at, because we're professional, we get paid, and that's what it's all Sometimes. about. Sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so tell me, how do you unwind after a show? Because he is definitely high energy. <laughs> that is true. Um, I love movies, like you. I'm a big movie buff, and often when I get back home from a show or from a rehearsal and I'm all wound up, I'll either watch a new movie that's new to me or I'll watch a favorite that I really love, and mm -hmm. it brings me back into the zone. Bring back into the zone. You know, you've been married a long time. Yes, I have. We're celebrating 25 years this year. Congratulations. And so what do you and your wife do to, to kind of like balance the life that you guys got? Well, she has done a great job taking care of both of our daughters for, um, oh gosh, 24 years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I love my daughters, Eileen and Victoria, and they are just awesome. But she focused so much on them, it allowed me to go out and make the money, earn the living, and go have the rock and roll fun. Mm -hmm. Now they're both old enough to where um, she gets to go out more often. So we're going out a lot more often and uh, having a lot of fun together. Mm -hmm. We went and saw Alice Cooper. We're going to go see uh, the Moody Blues next month. Now, where did you see Alice at? Oh, we saw Alice at the Stockton Bob Hope Theater. Bob Hope, that must nice place. Good, yeah. Nice place. Nice place. So you're going to see the Moody Blues? Yes. Have you seen their video just recently that they have incorporated on the air? I think it's been on... Uh, uh, CD, I seen it, or yeah, DVD with a buddy of mine. It, what a great! They're still. Not only are they fantastic, the singing is just as good as it was 40 years ago. But right. they have a full orchestra and choir with them, and right. it really is spectacular. Right, right, right. So, do you ever think that now in this new band that you're in, mm -hmm. is there just one vocalist, or you have a little bit of harmony? It's on? one vocalist. Channing and I do some backgrounds, but. Mm -hmm. um, it's mainly featuring Chris Michaels on lead vocals. And how often do you rehearse? Once a week. Once a week. So you guys, you actually do things and then you actually do your rehearsals and then you kind of do your homework by yourself. Exactly. We determine each week up front. We're a very organized band. We've got mm -hmm. a business plan. We've got agendas for our meetings. Mm -hmm. We publish meeting minutes so we can keep on track with things. Mm -hmm. And we always define what's going to be on the agenda for next week. Then we all do our homework individually and it's expected that we're going to show up and we're going to have our parts down. Mm -hmm. Where do you rehearse in your studios? Oh, we're currently rehearsing in Stockton at Channing's Rehearsal Studio and we'll be converting over to Livermore soon. Now, do you live in the area? Do you live outside? Where I actually live outside, yes. I, I, I grew up in Livermore. I'm right. part of the Livermore scene. That's where I consider myself mm. from. But I'm about a, about an hour drive one way away now, about mm. 50 miles away in the okay. small town of Patterson. Patterson. Patterson, I know your mayor very well. Uh-huh, mm, wow. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Very, very cool. Very yes. nice. I know him very well. Yeah, I said I served on uh, several commissions mm -hmm. in the city of Patterson mm -hmm. over the years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He, in fact, he went to school at Chabot Las Positas College District. Awesome. So you wanted to talk about, tell me some of the people. We talked about your wife. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your grandparents. Walton, Virginia Moyle, they took me in when they didn't need to when I was a kid, and they were so encouraging. They bought me my first telescope, my first musical instruments, anything I was interested in. I didn't realize it at the time, but they didn't have a lot of money. But boy, they sure made sure that they uh, supported my brother and I and everything we did. And uh, I'm so grateful to them. Like I say, I would not be who I am today. might not even be here if it hadn't been for them. I could understand. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that they bought you a telescope. Yes, they did. I remember when my father and mother bought me my telescope. What an amazing thing, huh? Yes. Ten years old, I'm looking up in the heavens, and I'm going, that's a star. It's on fire. 
Oh, nothing <laughs> like looking at something like like Saturn. Mm -hmm. And you see the rings and you're seeing it with your own eyes right. and you're like, that's real. That's it's, real. It's, it's almost hard to believe. Yeah. yeah, it's very exciting for me, can you tell? Yeah, I can see that big smile <laughs> again, that, that Broadway smile, mm -hmm. man. That, that's what I told him, you keep that <laughs> smile and you can, you can play anywhere. Um, talk about your children. Um, I have two daughters. One of them is in college, and she is going for a forensic science degree, and she is very interested in social issues. Gee, I wonder where she got that from. And my other daughter is a 14-year-old right now, and she is very interested in uh, technology. She is a technology guru. She's a little techie. Yes, she mm -hmm. is, and she loves her uh, Android devices. Really? Yes, she does. She's an expert on them. So let's talk about some of the clubs that you'll be frequenting in the next couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever. Right. Let's talk first about Pine Street. Love Pine Street. I've been working on and off with Pine Street for decades mm. and just love Chris and the mm. whole scene down there. She is a nice lady. She yes, just and I shot two videos there, uh, one with the band Zen Vendetta and one with the band Jungle Rooster. Let's, let's jump in on Jungle just for a moment. What happened to uh, Jungle? Well, I guess things just went their separate ways, but I sure did love the two years I was with them. Uh, it was my first time I stepped in the waters of covers, and I found I just loved it. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Dan. I learned a lot from working with uh, the leader of Jungle Rooster. And let's talk about one other one, Our Place. Our Place. Mm -hmm. That's been my home base for the last year or so. Uh, they're trying to establish themselves as a preeminent music club in the area, mm -hmm. and they feature music all the time and multiple jam nights. And so I hosted quite a few jam nights and secretly used those jam nights to try and find the singer I've been looking for, and it worked. And it worked. It worked. Well, anyhow, I'd like to thank Chuck for coming on my show. Thank you, Chuck. You're truly... Chuck is truly one of the great ambassadors of the local rock and roll scene, but just the music scene in general. It's, it's great to have him as a personal friend, but as a musician, a fellow brother, check out his new band. And what's your new band again? Sextant, S-E-X-T-A-N-T. Make sure you catch them. They're gonna be a great, they're gonna make a rumble in our <laughs> local music scene. And as usual, I like to give a kiss out to all my friends and all everybody. Peace and love to you and good night. Mwah. This is Gregory Korea from Harmonix. Good night, everybody. Peace.